More and more badass women are joining the ranks as highly skilled construction professionals. Construction and renovation projects wouldn't happen without the skills of the various crews involved. As we all know, the skilled trades have been male-dominated for like forever. In this season, I'm highlighting the amazing women doing their thing in the construction sector. Every journey and every story is different, but they are all inspiring. Have a listen as I learn about their stories. Hello, all you amazing humans. Today, I have Tracy Stevens on the show, and she is a seventh generation carpenter and has been on the tools for the last 16 years as a tile setter. Um, good tile setters are few and far between and really hard to find. So I'm super excited that you are one of them and that we found you. Um, and she's been around the, in the world of construction her entire life. She has three kids and a husband who happens to also be in construction. In her free time, she loves to create art and adventure in the wilderness. She snowmobiles as often as she can in the winter. And in the summer, you'll find she and her husband uh, breaking land in Caslow for their forever home. And she feels that tiles opened up many doors and um, for her in her life. And um, I think we should just jump into it. So thanks for being on the show, Tracy. I'm just so thrilled that you're here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, I'm always interested in people's journey to be somebody who's going to be working in the trade. So I know that you come from a, a long line of, of carpentry. Um was it something they were like, no, there's no way in hell I'm going to be in the trades or like, oh my God, I love that, that lifestyle and, and all of that sort of stuff and wild horses couldn't drag me away from it. So like, how did you actually land on it? Because I could see it going two different directions here. Yeah. Um, well, I happened to be in the right place at the right time. So I was living in the Rocky Mountains in Canmore during the big construction boom before the big crash happened in like 2008 or nine. Um, so basically they wanted bodies and it wasn't like it mattered what gender you were, they needed helpers and they were willing to try anyone. And I had been working for my dad's company um, doing woodworking and I just couldn't feel that that was something I would be okay with all the sanding and the kind of work they were doing. It was not what I envisioned for myself because I am really artistic. And so I just had a guy ask me if I would grow to bathroom and and maybe help him from time to time. And it turned into so much more. And I began my apprenticeship with him and it's just kept going since then. Amazing. All right. So obviously you were given an opportunity. Um, was that sort of something that you found that was unusual in your experience or was it something that was like not, not a big deal? Yeah, I think because it was such a small town, like it's a lot different for a woman in construction trying to break into the scene in a city commercial job site aspect than it is for residential in a small ski town so there's a little more opportunity to have some choices there for for women the training and everything is it's going to be a little less intense because it's smaller projects yeah. um like the fast-paced life of commercial projects can be intimidating for anyone regardless of gender yeah. so um starting out that sort of thing in a smaller town I think it, it it's a lot less intimidating for you to learn how to handle the job site as a whole um, regardless of whether or not you know what you're doing. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, like um, being able to do that, like start construction off in a small town um, made it really exciting for me because small town or small town construction, residential construction, I'll say, um, 
it's exciting. The materials are exciting. Like as an installer and as an artistic person, my opportunities for doing really cool installs are much higher on a private home than in a commercial situation. So, yeah. So it was pretty cool. I mean, I got to hit the ground running, like learning how to use all these diamond tools and play with stone and the never ending possibilities in the tile industry that you can get with that. So, um, yeah, I just, I think that, uh, um, I've been super fortunate to get into it that way. And like, if someone has a chance to start in a, in a smaller job site kind of situation, it, it might keep their excitement for it because you don't get so overwhelmed with the intimidation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see. I, I, I could absolutely see that hundred percent. Yeah. Um, now, so you, you went through, you, you completed your apprenticeship. Um, and from what I know of you, um, you're now doing your own thing. You're a sole proprietor. Yeah. So I kind of had no choice, but to move that way. I, so I was working for a guy that was happy to um, train me, um, but it wasn't his passion. And unfortunately I, well, not unfortunately for me, but I got pregnant and that meant that I could be very limited in what my apprenticeship duties would be. A lot of our products have um, polymers and harmful things that you can't really be around when you're pregnant. And I did some research to find out what were the most toxic products for me um, and the sealers and things like that too. Um, those things are all not safe for women that are pregnant. <laughs> so Dan got a little frustrated with uh, some of my limitations and he fired me. So my husband and I um, decided I would get a helper and I would be the installer. So we started my own business for me then. And I set tile until I was eight and a half months pregnant. And then I hit the tools again after seven months. Mm. Um, so we decided that at that time I had no choice. I wanted to keep going and I had enough passion and I felt like I had enough people around me that could mentor me for the things that I was lacking my education and we took the plunge and I went for it and it's been, I've had a successful business ever since then. It's been really great. Oh, that's just a, I love, I love that story. Like I'm here today. I like crazy, crazy. Love it. Um, so clearly you have, you have kids and family and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I love that you're, you're still at it. And I'm, just for anybody else out there who happens to be listening that is a solopreneur, um, what would you, I mean, how did you, how do you find it? Do you, do you find that you can get like work-life balance, um, which is kind <laughs> of like a fairy tale thing? Because I think for myself anyway, it's like, it's like super boom and maybe just a little less <laughs> boomy and we're like, we're a little more relaxed and then we're constantly going, going, going. And I think yeah. it's been a lesson in claiming the time because there's always more work to do so how how have yeah. you navigated all of that um well my husband and I both decided at the beginning that we would sub out the things that we weren't uh, gonna make money at and that we're not good at like I'm not a great bookkeeper I, I need help with running certain parts of my business and that is one of them um the other one was when my kids were really little um we got a nanny so that was another another thing that we made sure that the house was handled because you got to have the energy to hang out with them at the end of the day and have it be like uh, thoughtful hanging out and not just like we got to eat and bath and or yeah. your life kind of doesn't have as much meaning. So we've, yeah. we've just found that subbing out the things that we're not good at or fast at or making money at, then that helps balance the rest of our life. And I can focus on the things that really matter to me, like setting tile, like just being on that job site, communicating with that client and making their dreams come true, 
and making it as seamless as possible. So I also am not the kind of contractor that's going to say, oh, I'll uh, take your take your toilet out for you. And then we'll just throw it back in after I stay completely in my lane. I don't mess with plumbing. I don't mess with electrical. I do limited framing, um, but I, I have people that I've made relationships with in the trades for the last like 16 years. So if I need a good guy, I can call him and, and he'll come and do what I need to do. But I think it's really important to not um, kind of go into too many lanes. Um, sometimes we think that if we have more trades to offer, well, they're going to hire us, especially in a renovation aspect, because like one-stop shopping, yeah. people love it, but it doesn't always mean that that's the right thing to do. There's all sorts of liability and stuff out there. So sometimes saying yes to the client, because you think that that's what's going to get you the job. It's not the move to make. You have to be honest with them and honest with yourself about what your limitations are. Yeah, no, that's fantastic advice for anybody who's either already doing their own thing or considering doing it. Um, yeah, I mean, really being, being a, really being aware of where your limitations are and what, um, what's where your genius work is and yeah. whatever's not in, in that genius work lane, like as you're talking about, you know, if you can, if you can afford it, then you start outsourcing it. So like your book yeah. taxes and, you know, like things like that. And the amount of time and energy and frustration that you put into the things that are not your genius work when you have to do them and it's like painful and, and you're resistant and all that kind of stuff, you'd be better served laying more tile. <laughs> Totally. Then wasting your time doing something that you don't like to do and that you're not really educated in and able to do in the first place. Like you're not going to do as good a job. Yeah. It's going to lead to more frustration and that's going to bleed into your personal life too. And I've learned that like you have to handle things at work in a clear, calm manner. Otherwise, like it, it will cause things to ripple around you and you know how that is with kids. <laughs> oh yeah. So, yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. So um I, I know that uh, you've sort of found your way into this niche of working with women and um, you know, we had a little bit of email back and forth talking about how, you know, the way you communicate as women, other women, okay. Um, that you, you know, just the way we communicate is different and that there's this interaction that occurs and this no like trust thing really starts generating and germinating um, yes. And all of a sudden, like you're, you're just, you're in. So have you, have you found that to be the same? Yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't advertise. I haven't really ever needed to, there are no cards or anything. I started off doing some, some work for a couple ladies in town. And then after that, like there's those Facebook moms groups and stuff. Yep. Then they're like, Hey, who knows the tile setter? And they all recommend me. So um, I think that if you can kind of pick out what your niche market's going to be, target that market and really work on building your word of mouth, that will never let you down. It will yep. always keep you busy. Yeah. I, yeah. We're, we're the same. We've been at this over 20 years and primarily just word of mouth. Like I have to do some networking and stuff, but most, most for the most part, it's all word of mouth. The client says yeah. to somebody else and they say to somebody else and the next thing you know, you've, you know, got this basis of a client and they continue to refer on. Um, yeah. And I like that because I mean, it's a trust thing. Like I could be in uh, someone's master bathroom adjacent to their master bedroom for, for a, a month sometimes, you know? Um, and the other aspect of it too, is like, for example, I recently did a job for a woman who ended up having her baby prematurely. 
and she needed her backsplash done. And that's why I was there. I was there to help her. Um, she had a bad contractor experience and, and then I'm there and then she's got the doula and she's got the breastfeeding lady coming to help her and she could do all of it. She did not need to stop her life. I could finish my job. She could breastfeed. It wasn't weird. You can't have that with the male contractors. So no, that's kind no. of a thing too. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, um, what are some of the changes that you've seen in, in tile setting or that you are a little more excited about now from when you started? Like, I know that there's like these big monster sheets that are like, you know, four by eights practically that just go on the wall versus small, smaller scale tile. Yeah. Um, you need like all kinds of specialized equipment for that. But um, has there been any evolution? And yeah. Yeah. Big time. So the science and technology in my industry in the last 10 years alone has changed so much. And we see it in things like um, slake time, which is how long you mix your thin set and then you got to let it sit and then you got to mix it again. And, and these little things can take up to 18 minutes and it kind of annoys some older school tile setters because before you'd look at it, you'd add water, you'd mix it. And, and you think it was what you wanted it to be and then it was good. But now there's a lot of science happening with the, the polymers and on a microscopic level. So you have to follow the rules about why you're doing certain things. That means you better understand why, why they're changing these things in the first place. And then the topical waterproofing and vapor boards that we have, all of these things are really great because they all push us towards more of a lifetime product, which is what I think everyone wants. Like yeah. you should only have to take out your shower if you're totally not into the style anymore. Like it yeah. should last for life. So yeah. when we have these great products that are coming to us from different manufacturers and like Schluter is the leader. They, everybody knows the orange stuff, right? Like yeah. uncoupling mats, the vapor board. Like for me as a woman, I don't have to carry concrete board around anymore. That's great. Cause yeah. I could barely carry a sheet of it. It sucks to cut. It's so dirty. Now you got this board and you can just use a utility knife the whole time and, and, and waterproof it and like have like a 25 year manufacturer's warranty. If you know what you're doing and you work with your manufacturers and you install it the way they say. So it's like, that's a super amazing part of the industry. I would say is, is the science and technology and that these companies feel a responsibility to teaching people how to use their products. So it's not just like, like if you're not a red seal, tile setter like you would still have access to these courses like you could go to any of these manufacturing companies websites like Latticrete or Schluter or um, a pay or whatever and, yeah. yeah and they'll they'll have a little thing on there they'll let you know when they're going to have their courses and sure you have to take a day off of work but these guys put you in a hotel they feed you um, the the clients because some of them are homeowners and some of them are installers but that like the people in general that you meet are, are wonderful. Like I've installed with some of the guys that, that I've met at five years ago at these courses and we keep in touch. They know my kids. Like, it's just so cool because not only do you do, they feel a responsibility to um, making the industry better with their products, but they also feel a responsibility to make sure that we know how to use them properly. So if you have access to these classes and you're not signing up for them, there's something wrong. Cause they're free. Like <laughs> the only thing it costs you is your time, which I get is like a commodity, but like you can't really, any education is going to better your company. And if you don't see that, then, then you're not doing the best you can for your business. It's all about education and changing with the times and divisional communication is a big part of our industry. That's changing too. Like, um, 
for example, like if a concrete guy is going to pour a water feature and I've got to come and tile it, I need to understand what kind of waterproofing technology the concrete industry has now, because I need to know how to prep that properly. So my stuff sticks to their stuff, yeah. but it's not always the case. The divisions don't communicate. Um, so now when people are going to these courses and they're understanding more of the science and they're learning about um, concrete surface profiles and things like that, it inspires them to have these conversations with dudes that they know are in different divisions, but could have some cool information for them that, that, that affects their work, work too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so many people don't really even think that construction has a lot of science in it. You know, like yeah, there's it, so much. There's just <laughs> it's not just not a lot of a, a, not a lot of connection there for a lot of people. But really yeah. there's a lot of like science and technology around the products oh, yeah. themselves and how it goes together and how they interact with the environment and and other products and how they come together with it and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a you know it's a whole field building technology, right? But um, the lay people in the world don't really put that together that there is a lot of science and technology and there is yeah and the chemistry like has changed so much so it's it's just really important to be on top of everything and if you're putting it on there you should ask yourself why and then you should know the answer and that's a great a great um skill set in the whole the whole job like you have to be able to look at it and ask yourself it like even layouts and stuff like why am i doing it that way not just because it feels like the right thing to do but because there's math and planning and you know flow and you have to think about all those things but eventually you just you don't even think about them there's so much a part of you that it's like rote memorization yeah well it's, it becomes like a somatic experience yeah and you just there's this just this knowing and it's like you know you just holding a tool you just know when it doesn't feel right and you need to adjust your grip or whatever like yeah you can't, you can't teach somebody that it, that just comes through embodiment it's true in your craft right yeah Yeah. so um you know what what kind of jobs do you prefer to do or like what what really like fires you up what's like if I came to you as as a GC and said oh I've got this xyz project and it's whether it's a type of tile or the project itself or the scale or whatever like what what is it that fires that would fire you up the most you'd be so excited to do that like I've particular project like what would that Uh, or I I would say that it would be like freedom and materials so like I do ABC pricing a is like I I a super economical install that's going to be great with um at the minimum installation standards that you can for waterproofing b is going to be a little fancier and c is going to be art that's like scribes or like maybe we're doing something fun with handmade Mexican tiles but like Anything that gives me a little artistic freedom um, to look at the client's home and their personality and bring it out. Um, but I do, I do love fun materials. Like I, I've gotten to work with some really great materials that are um, mainly coming from Bullnose Tile over in Coquitlam. Joel has like, it's like going into an antique store and being overwhelmed because you can't not see anything everywhere you look the guy has there's even leather tiles in there for like gentlemen's smoking rooms or like a pool room you know leather leather tiles like how fun would that be to install I wonder what the requirements are for that yeah totally (laughs) um new new assemblies like if I uh you know my first barrier free shower that was really exciting or I would love to do like a shower with one of those chase loungers in there and and also get to like heat it 
and and do the heat cabling and just things that are pushing the envelope because it's really fun to see how far we can go with science. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. I love it. I'm I'm the same. Uh, you know, we can do bog standard every day of the week, but the the things that start to really fire me up are the things that are innovative or they're really architectural in nature and like from a creative and a visual perspective. Yeah. Uh, that this end result is going to be like a like a wow. Like yeah. Like you'd walk in and go wow or that it was like unexpected yeah you didn't you, you never thought that this these two things or that how that would come together or even what the layout looks like just things that are really creative and, and innovative are the things that really get me fired up and it sounds very much the same for you I think that that and the other thing would be when I know that somebody really needs me and they really really pinch their pennies to get me there and like I'm there to to make their lives better. Like seeing a moldy shower in a house full of kids, like that hurts because I know, I know what that means. I know how long-term effects from those things can be. So it's really nice to smash it out. It doesn't matter how simple it is, yeah. but to smash it out and, and leave a client with a healthy, safe product. So yeah. that, those are also my favorite jobs. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, so uh, um, I'm wondering what has being in the trades brought you personally? Like, what, what, what do you derive from it? I mean, I, there's a, a variety of answers to this that I've, I've had other women on, on the show and there's a, a variety of answers. And I always like to ask it because people surprise me with the answer. So lay it, lay it out for me. Like, what, why do you love being in the, in, in the trades and why do you love being a tile setter so much? It's a part of my identity. You know, like I... I never thought that that would be that because I believe that every person is so individual. Like how could you identify with only your work? But it has brought me the freedom to provide for my family during times when I like, we really needed it. I can hit the ground running and, and get to work and, and keep my family safe. It's brought me a lot of artistic freedom. And when I was younger, I wanted to be an artist and envision that my life would somehow have art in it. And I need that for satisfaction. And I get that with art. And it also brought me my marriage. I met my husband on a job site. <laughs> and um, yeah, and it changed my life. Like, it's pretty neat to to have someone to go through life and, and geek out about construction with every night. Like, that's very fulfilling, too. Um, but it's just um, the people have been so fantastic. It's been such a wild journey. Like I just never really know what's going to happen next. And I just trust that it's going to be the best for my family. And I let it take me where I needed to take me, but I can't, I've met hundreds of people that I've actually never met in person, but we all help each other on these social sites and stuff and walk each other through tough things. And sometimes, you know, Part of it is supporting each other because there's a lot of mental health issues that can happen in our industry too. And um, it's just, a, it's like throwing a giant rock in a pond. Like I couldn't identify each ripple, but it's, it's a huge part of my life in every way. And I mean, I've brought my, my kids to the job site. My son is one of the best preppers I've ever had. <laughs> and like, there's really no aspect of my life that it, it hasn't touched. Um, so, I mean. To, to try and narrow it down. I, I don't think I can like my, my family's so into it and 
yeah, like we can build our dreams. Like I, I could get dropped off in the woods tomorrow and I know I could make it happen. I could survive. I have these skills and they, there are so many skills that come to you from construction about patience and, and you know, how to look at things like the layers of things um, to understand how they come together to make the whole, like those are important skills to have. You don't feel like it, but then something happens and you're like, oh man, that's so applicable. <laughs> <laughs> And again, a wonderful answer that nobody else has said said to this point yet. And I mean, there's a little bit of a thread of like empowerment there and, you know, knowing how to use tools and, and knowing that you, you can survive and do your thing and, and, you know, provide for your family and, and all, the, the freedom and all that kind of stuff has been, has different, has different narratives in it, but um, for a lot of people, but I, I love, I loved how cohesive that answer was. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, now I, I usually like to ask people um, what their favorite tool is. So in tile setting, what's, what's your favorite tool? What do you like to use the most or what, or what comes in handy? What do you, what do you reach for like 90% of the time? Ooh, that's so tough. I mean, you know what? Diamond tools are always going to make it right. You got a problem. You're trying to make something look good bring out some sort of diamond tool. It's going to fix everything. I love diamonds. <laughs> I love playing with them. I love what they can do. Uh, yeah. I love the miters you can make. I know it sounds so cheesy, but I, I would have to say diamonds because I reach for diamonds in some form of my job every single time. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, practically it would be a tape measure. <laughs> Can't do much without that. No, yeah. not really. Um, that's awesome. So, and I, the last thing I want to ask you before we close out the show here is, do you have any sage advice for other women or people identifying as female or even, even the dudes, even the dudes that would be considering um, the trades as a career? What, what any sage advice would you offer? Just look around and remember that every single person that's acting like they know more than you was a rookie. And, you know, mm. um, you'll want to feel like giving up but if you say the course, construction or a job in the trades can change your life and can have a powerful effect on how you provide for your family and give you control that you might not have ever had in any other industry. Um, and for the women, I love that there are so many groups out there now. I wish they were there when I started. I felt so alone sometimes. Um, reach out to those groups, be a part of them and, you know, be the change you want to see. So if you want to you want positivity and radness then you need to put that out there and and every opportunity that you have to help somebody that's coming to you like help them and and be rad and open and those opportunities will just keep coming and keep coming we all have to we all have to help each other and be kind like it's not old school construction anymore you don't you don't people can't yell at you so if people are treating you like that on a job site it's not okay and you don't have to take it that's not how the industry works anymore yeah for sure oh that's yeah. awesome i love it um so tracy honestly thanks again for joining me on the show i love how much like mindset and perception and you know learning and science and technology and how this has all been brought into our conversation today i think it's really exciting um to have that be part of the, the, the trade conversation because oftentimes, like I say, those dots are not always connected. So thank you mm -hmm. for, for, for connecting them for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, for those who are listening, you know, 
keep it real, keep it rad. And keep it real. <laughs> really, and I appreciate it. Thanks after that free education, man. Like there is so much information out there and people aren't taking advantage of it. Don't be shy. If they want to pay for a weekend for you so you can come and learn how to put their products in, even if it's not something you're using, go do it. It doesn't yeah. look bad on your resume. It will never hurt you. No, no education is <laughs> never a waste. I, I say that yeah. often. Yeah. And I, our industry isn't really, um, well, it's not really governed the same way as other industries are, right? We don't have the same regulations. So we have to take responsibility for what we want to learn and what we want to know and the kind of professionals we want to be. And it's going to come one day. They're going to have to do it, especially with those panels we're talking about. Yeah. Like there's a lot of liability for those to go up. And I think that there needs to be a little more uh, legal liability for people to have what it, what knowledge you need to have to safely put up panels so they don't come down and kill people. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's weird. Our industry is a little weird that way. Like plumbers and electricians can't just go do what they want to do without having certain certifications. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, again, Tracy, thanks for jumping on the show with me today. I appreciate it. And my pleasure. Um, for anybody listening, be sure to check out the other episodes that we have in this series, as well as all the other ones. And um, keep being rad. <laughs> have a great day. Thanks for listening. And I hope you feel as inspired as I do. If you or someone you know has interest in the trades, there are many resources, many programs and supports. There's also a ton of women's groups out there specifically for those who are in the trades. We'll list a number of them in the show notes, but be sure to reach out if you're having challenges finding some in your area. We're all in this together after all, and we're happy to help in any way we can.